Five. Oh, that was fucking gross. I'm sorry, guys. Groovy, <laughs> baby. Oh, my God. KWJT, you just said I'm from space. I'm over here with Corey, the fuck? and you're tapping in with Tavares. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> Mike doesn't know we started because, oh, we do the, oh, the we intro. Oh, we started. <laughs> right. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Little KWJT, you just sound from space. If you didn't know, now you know. Oh. Welcome. Welcome back, you guys. Another week. We're here with the Groovy Crew. You hear Tabby in the cut, <laughs> meowing. Hey, we're here with a new friend of ours, Mike Soul. So, if everybody want a little round of applause for my man real quick. Yeah. Thank Come you, on. Baby. Come on. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome. Fuck yeah. I just wanted to start off by saying this wood right here. <laughs> listen now, you guys. This wood right here. Sponsored? Was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the the rolling tex- techniques was transcended down to to your boy right here, um, from the man himself, the guest on the, on the grooviest podcast, my soul. So you see this wood transcended. Hope down. you know. I've been uh, the first day I met Mike. Um, we blew fat woods, <laughs> fat those, and and my man's was over here twisting up a storm, and I was like, Cuddy, bro. You got to teach me how to roll this wood, bro, because you're just <laughs> handing facto after facto. You feel me? So, you know, that was probably, what was that, a month ago? A yeah, couple yeah, weeks I ago? That's probably like a month ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Time is but now a month passed, and you know I got the technique now. <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys are good or, good yet or not, but we might or might not tell you the technique. I don't want to put him on the spot like that. <laughs> but let me spark this. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Groovy tapes. Oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Like he, this is his starting energy. If he can maintain it, this will be fun. Okay. <laughs> he, he, Hell yeah! The, by the second wood, we will know whether. Oh my <laughs> who, goodness! Who's gonna be talking? Who smacked? Wing, 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 wing. I'm sick. You know what I forgot? <laughs> you know what I forgot? I forgot my cigar cutter. You see, look. You should have left it. Yeah. That's Corey. my fault. That's I my fault. Curse with Corey, where it's like anytime we're chilling, we're smoking, I'll leave my cigar cutter and he'll give it to me right before I leave. And as soon as I leave, I'm like, oh, I never forget it anywhere else. All right, I'll bring it tomorrow. Said it this morning, I left it right outside right after I smoked. So now I need some scissors. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Ooh. Damn, psychic. Fucking, let's see. Best, best team. Best podcasting team that I I know. 
So, shit. You. I, I want to start off things with you know getting a, uh, a quick layout of who you are and how you came about in Seattle because my man's not a native, and you guys know uh, out here we're really trying to put on for our people in the community, but we also see people who are working in the community and are here applying pressure and Great helping word. out. The uh the growth and development out mm. here when it comes to the arts and um music scene. So please just, you know, give us a little rundown of how you got well, here. Uh my name is Mike Soul and um I'm an artist, so I make music. I have my own clothing line, which is which I'm wearing right now. I have my own clothing line as well. Corey's wearing one of the crew necks. Fire crew Um Drip. What is it called? I'm a dancer and um I've actually been doing this in the industry for about 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm based in the East Coast, New York, Atlanta, Chicago, and then over here in L.A. And I actually just came up to Seattle because it was actually the spot where nobody really knows me at. So I could kind of just like be myself and just chill, be low-key, make my money staying home. So it was fun. That was really like the main reason why I came out here. But this year, I really want to just like put myself really back into the scene, more into the fashion industry than anything. Yeah. Because I see a lot of really good creatives out here. Um, the kind of touch that I could bring mm-hmm. is like a flavor I really think that Seattle needs, you know. And it was cool that I like used Corey as a little demo, <laughs> gave him under my crew necks, and it's bringing really good attention, you know. And people are liking what they see, that so I'm fire. gonna keep like just bringing what I can, you know. I just made a Soul Smoke hoodie today, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be releasing on Halloween, so that one's gonna be real dope. It has like the 80s, 90s tie dye slash like spray paint kind of feel to it, so mm-hmm. it's real dope. Damn, that's fucking fire. Well, first of all, welcome to the town. Uh, how long have you been here, officially? Like, uh, Actually, officially a year now. Oh, nice. Which is kind of funny because COVID hit. So yeah, it's been a year. I haven't really been outside. <laughs> <laughs> At all. <laughs> At it's all. a weird season going on right now, you know? Yeah. Especially for us creatives, I would say. It's probably the hardest times, I would say. I mean, I'm just introduced in the game two years, you know, finally. Mm-hmm being comfortable with putting myself out there, but like having, you know, one year in and then my second year, the whole year's COVID, it's really interesting. Like, how would you compare like coming up and um, making this, this move out here in uh, to the rest of your other years starting? It was actually pretty crazy because on my birthday last year, which I was kind of funny, I announced it on Instagram. Um, I got a place in Hawaii. So mm. I was living right in Honolulu, and it was life. You know, I was kind of like offline, barely on Instagram, just enjoying the beach, really living life, smoking gas, just like really doing good. And then when COVID hit and all the beaches shut down and all restaurants shut down and businesses are really going downhill, we really had nothing to do. I mean, like, mm. imagine going to Hawaii and you can't surf or you can't go to the beach. Or you can't, like, go grocery shopping normally and you can't go to restaurants. It's like, no there's no point. Yeah. So it's like I made the smart move coming back to Seattle because I already had some people out here established. Came up, like, bunked with them, and then I had enough money to get my own place. So now I'm chilling, living comfortably. And, um, yeah, I actually kind of like it out here. Durain, and it's close to Vancouver because I do a lot of music work in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Right now the border's closed, so I really can't do it. But once the border's open, I'll be going back and forth to Vancouver. So it's cool. I like the rain too. <laughs> not not many people can fuck with the rain. Yeah, if, hoodie weather. Hoodie, that's why I make a lot of hoodies. You know, <laughs> that's you know I I really fuck with that. Um, 
So being, let's talk about, we, we both got your clothing on. Um, talk about what it took to make the Sad Boy Forever merch and oh, just yeah. just being creative always with clothing just because uh, I'm really, out like outside of the music, the dancing, I'm really a fan of your creative clothing and I really love, like the hoodie you're wearing, I want. <laughs> But it's only like you can't I, have it. Can't have it. I was. We talked about this yesterday. I was like, I'm gonna bring it up on the podcast. The it's my size, but it's yeah. it's it's Mike's size too. And, mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, <laughs> Sad Boy Forever. That was my first EP, and it was a very intricate kind of EP because it was back when I was being more of a producer slash DJ. So back in 2017 and 2018, I was really just known as a producer. I was working with a lot of people in ATL and the East Coast. Had a few placements with Rico Nasty and some big upcoming artists. Collaborated with SS Kevin, who is a really good known producer. So I got to do a lot of good placement work. I got that's how I got my step in. Yeah. You know, and then um, I went uh, did a little few tours here and there. Um, I had the privilege of meeting some artists in New York. Got to do some shows with them. And then it wasn't until like after all that, I really wanted to just really do something myself. Because mm-hmm. it was cool being in the presence of others, but it was just like, it's different than being a shadow and not having the ability to do something versus having the ability to do something and you think you could do it better, you know? So that's why I really wanted to push myself out there as an artist. Be like, you know what? I've been dancing, you know, and everybody knows me as a dancer slash producer. I really have bars and I could really do music. Mm-hmm. Like my very, very first dream back when I was like even younger living in the hood, um, I had a mixtape written on a composition notebook and it was called better than nothing. And I even still use some of those bars to this day that I wrote when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And people are like, yo, this is like real good content. So it's like, I know I have what it takes. And the reason why I really pushed myself with the sad boy forever tape and music was because I was going through a real tough time at that time. Um, I went to St. John's university in New York. So I came out here by myself doing everything. So paying college tuition by myself, living in New York, grinding for music, trying to maintain my grades, doing all that, a lot of pressure on top of maintaining a relationship, which is a lot of pressure. So my relationship ended up going downhill, and then we broke up, so that's why the whole tape was Sad Boy Forever, more the emo kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did a whole bunch of, like, work and, like, songs that were unreleased with, like, my friends and artists that really weren't, like, <laughs> rappers. Like, I worked with a lot of spoken word artists. Mm. So, like, they're kind of like the poet kind of yeah, goes yeah. over the music kind of thing. So, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, is it cool if I, like, mix it up and put it in the thing? They're like, yeah, bro, put some beats on there. Make it sick. Yeah. So, I did that. And then um, I ended up going real big. And I added, like, some, like, what was it called? Movie clip scenes in there. Really yeah. building a dialogue and story behind every mix. And then Ooh. the Sad Boy merch line was actually my promo for the mixtape slash EP. Because, like, everybody else has a different approach on promoting their stuff. You know, everybody usually does the Instagram thing or they make a reel or they get the photos or the cool video aesthetics. I was like, why don't I bring it back to old school touch? I can't really be outside selling CDs because nobody has CDs no more. So mm-hmm. why don't I just put merch? Ooh. So I started doing merch, and I'm like, everybody who buys a piece gets a digital copy of the album. So everybody who went on the Shopify and bought a piece got a piece of the digital album. And people really liked it, gave me feedback. So when I dropped it, I was real confident. And um, it, it was funny because, like, one of the tracks, I think it was, like, eight to nine months later, ended up blowing up because, like, some big mixer on SoundCloud, like, shared it and stuff. So then I started getting a lot more streams and then recognition, and it just started from there. And then um, last year, I dropped, like, my official first, sing- first single, 9 to 5, 
And then that was just perfect because COVID happened, you know, and it just, that just blew up <laughs> by accident, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, I have a whole EP and I had like five or six songs and I was contemplating which one to drop. And I would just really like the mixer and engineer that was working on that one. So I was like, you know what? This is fun. This is relatable. And I just drop it. Yeah. So I just dropped it. And then the pandemic happened. And then everybody lost their nine to five jobs. You remember the beginning of the stuff. So everybody's like, damn. And it happened to play in the radio over here in Seattle. Thank shout out to Rainier Ave Radio. You know, oh, shout out. Play that. And it, people were like, whoa, what? And then it just blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. That John had yeah. like million. Yeah, a million on SoundCloud. Fire and plays. 98,000 on Spotify. Damn. It's on Amazon News. I still get these little royalty checks here and there from like mm-hmm. advertisements yeah. and stuff. So it, yeah, that was just one song. It was crazy. So, but. Now people were walking around, even went up to Boston, Massachusetts. Some people saw me, and they're like, oh, that's the 9 to 5 guy. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, oh, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But nah, so that's why is... I'm like, I'm really excited to more drop this new EP yeah. and this whole album to really solidify me as an artist, and then people could go on my Instagram and see the clothing line and everything else I'm doing. Yeah. Because I really don't want to be labeled as Mike Soul, the artist or the rapper. Yeah. You know, I just want to be like, Mike Soul is like Mike Soul. Yeah. He makes clothes, he acts, he dances, he does it all. And I've been dancing longer more than I've been doing anything else. So, so you, ooh, I don't no, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talked about coming, uh, growing up in the hood, but coming to New York. So yeah. New York wasn't your first home. Oh um, no. So yeah. what? Oh, what was yeah, your first? Okay. You know, what so was your I first was. Home? Uh, I lived in Boston, Massachusetts for a little bit. Fuck Boston. And then, <laughs> and then I was over in the suburbs parts so of Boston. Yeah. Massachusetts is set up in a weird way, so where it's like the closer you are in the city, the more money you have. Mm. You know? So the farther you are is the boonies. Okay. So I was unfortunately always in the boonies. <laughs> so it was like Brockton, Rockland, Stoughton, Taunton, New Bedford, Fall River, and I mean it, it's cheap though. Yeah. For instance, like back when my mom was over here and we were just trapping for a little bit. It was $700 a month for a four-bedroom place. Oof. I mean, like, real cheap, right? But now it's the risk. You know, you have gates on your windows. You have people popping up on the block, people shooting heroin. So it's, like, it's a real wild. But mm-hmm. it's, like, the risk factor. You can save up money and really get out of there. That's the yeah. thing. So it was, like, I lived over there. And then um, I graduated, actually, in Glendale, California in high school because I was always moving around a lot due to, like, financial situations, life, crazy, just crazy stuff. I really don't want to get too much into. But um, ended up going to six different high schools, moving in with a friend on my sixth high school because his mom was really looking out for me, saw that I was a dancer. We were both in the same dance crew. I had a lot of talent. She was like, you know what? I'm going to take him in for a year. You know, I'm going to let him graduate here and really try to push himself in L.A., you know, because I really think he got a chance. Yeah. So me and my boy Donnie, shout out to Donnie, um, he, she let me stay with him. We graduated high school, and we actually ended up doing real well. You know, um, Donnie's now in Season Gods. He's a Season Gods rapper, and they're followed by No Jumper and Adam 22. And then I ended up getting Spotlight with the dance. So I had, like, Volado Footwear and Kid Soul. Shout out to Kid Soul. Like, really invest in me and put me in events. And then Jerkaholic Gear started sponsoring me. I started doing tours, started being on websites, really getting some money in my pocket, like, right after high school. So it was encouraging Just that, like, I had that little startup with a few brands before any of, like, Instagram was popping. Like, Instagram started getting popping around 2014. Yeah. So this is back in 2012, 2011, where people were just pulling up to my house, and they have a truck full of gear, and they're giving it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're doing little shoots and uploading it on YouTube. So it was, like, 
Yeah, that was that. So pretty much went there, graduated, and then after I graduated, I went straight to college, went back to Boston. Obviously, I went to Boston, though, because Boston has, like, the best education system, like, their colleges and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I went over there, did a community college trial for a year, and then switched over to St. John's University, and then went to New York, and then really plugged myself in. That was when I really had to push the art stuff. Mm -hmm. Because once you're in New York and you have your foot in, you just have to grind the whole time. Yeah. Man, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good. I just, I want them to hear, I want them to hear you. Yeah. All right. You know, free? Yeah, yeah, free? Uh, This is much better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, gosh darn it. (laughs) Where were we? Uh, See, this is what happens. We're, when we're, we were talking about uh, your your plug in in New York. Yeah, we just got oh to New yeah. York. So St. John's yeah. graduated there. Uh, mm-hmm. Met some friends that I'm no longer friends with. You know that always happens. Life happens. But all very talented people at St. John's. You know a lot of very talented people. Jay Cole came from there as well. Um, I met a lot of producers, photographers, videographers that mm-hmm. really put me into the city, plugged me into the dance scene, um, music, talking. Brought me into Audio Max Studios, brought me into the Koreatown scene. So it was like I was able to hop into a whole bunch of little crowds and find my people, you know, do my thing. And um, I stayed out in New York for two years. And But when I was out there in New York, I was uh, mostly just grinding for money, you know, yeah. just doing that kind of stuff. All I could say just to be safe was like, I was outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was outside. I paid for college, you know, yeah. do my thing. And then um, it was until my senior year of college where – I actually maxed out on scholarships and I tried to do a deal with the school because they actually fired a whole bunch of the department, the financial aid department and everybody. So the one secretary that I was working with that really messed with me was no longer there. So everybody else wasn't having it. And they're like, Hey, you know, you got two weeks to come up with 15 bands. And I'm like, I could do that, but I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to like throw my wife away. So I was like, let me see what I could do. So, I'm going to I go to the office and like we'll have a meeting and we'll see what we could do. They have the whole board, and this is actually the most fucked up thing that ever happened in my life. Um, they looked at me and they're like, "Wow, you have a 3.98 GPA, such 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 such, and you're doing this all on your own." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just need one more semester and I could graduate." And they were like, "Well, we can't do anything for you, such 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 such." Or so somebody like you with your kind of background, even making it for this far, you should applaud yourself. And they all stood up and applaud. And um, I think that was the first time I actually broke, like mentally broke. So I really don't know what happened too much. But the next thing you know is that I had a warrant. <laughs> I had a warrant, and um, I'm banned from St. John's University completely. I have my face all over there. So, um, yeah, but that really pushed me because I, like, I just remember leaving. And, like, I was like, wow, I, I can't do school, you know. And, and mm-hmm. if I can't do school, this is all I got. You know, this is it's either I do this or die. So I think there, that was part of the reason why maybe God was on my side and, like, everything started working out when I really put 100 into everything. I was homeless for a little bit, couch surfing, doing all that. But, like, I had no other escape route, you know. It's like I had my mom on the line that I could call, but we were poor, you know. It's like I remember, like, going to see my mom one time, asking her if I could get a dollar, and it would be heartbreaking, you know, and sometimes she wouldn't have it. So it was just, like, just growing up young learning to be the provider for my whole family and being a hustler like that, I ne- always just felt obliged to do everything myself. So it's just, um, yeah, but from there, just up, 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 up. <laughs> when I mean up, 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 it was like two years. I was living in Massachusetts with four of my homies, sleeping on the floor with just a topper, just, just that in a box. I got a call, and they were like, 
hey, I need you to come down to Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. We got some producers. Just bring some a little bit of money, and you got a shot. And there was Rock Nations down there. Interscope was down there. A and Taylor were just blowing up, and they were dancers. And I was plugged in with them and Tusi mm. and all of them. So mm. these were people like, yo, come down now, Mike. Uh-huh. Come down. So I was like, all right. Um, I ended up going down to Atlanta, and I brought some money down, and I stayed out there. It was supposed to be for a three-week trip. I ended up being out there for seven months. Damn. And I was just putting in a lot of work. That's when I met Cookie, Cookie Vibe. And then that's when I met Hugh, Rom Sequel, and um, Northside. And then we all clicked. And we just clicked as people. And then when we were all chilling together, Cookie made a song called Bogo. And I remember we were celebrating it when it hit like 100K views. Yeah. And um, these are when we're, everybody was real underground. We have a photo shoot on my Instagram. Like I was the most popping artist at the time. Yeah. Or the thing. And now Cookie's 4.1 million, like huge in the Philippines. He's like literally, no exaggeration, like the XXX Tentacion of the Philippines. Like his crowds is wild. He has 16,000 and his crowds is like wild. Damn. And then Quell on the North Side is going crazy right now. His Interscope Records and everybody looking at him for his music. And he has that North Side sound. So it's just like this new EP is just going so wild just because of fate and connection. Yeah. You know, it's not some people saw on the Instagram last week. Like, oh, how the hell are you? meeting with Cookie Vibe, like, how the hell are you guys together? It was like, oh, we've been knowing each other, yeah. you know, yeah. like, before the come up. <laughs> and it's just like, and he, we just went to the hookah lounge. He was like, yo, Mike, like, we still have to make a song, like you, me, and Q, just because we have a story together. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's true, that's true. So right now we're working on the song. The song's a big check. I already did my part of it, so we're all getting it done. Um, Quell's getting his done this week. So hopefully we could drop it next month. But, yeah, that one's going to be, like, the first English slash Filipino slash ATL sound song that's mm-hmm. ever been made. So yeah. let's just see yeah. how that one comes out. Come on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you know, <laughs> give that a round of applause. Ooh. Beautiful. That, yeah. Pearled it. I, you know, full, full of gems. Man, I think your, uh, your story has really, you, you found a home in Seattle because I think we're all like a, a bit of the same. Just being able to grasp everything and absorb everything that's, like, thrown in life and, you know, able to get to this point because um, it's it's a crazy thing seeing people from outside the state just come in and thrive, you know? I, I, I fucking love it, you know? I, I think it's an artist thing, too. I, I, I love seeing people who come to you know like where i was born and just like yo i feel like i was born here too like you know mm-hmm. it's it's a crazy vibe and how we how we met and how um we all came together because this is just a a certain level of how we took it serious and how you you took it serious uh as much as you do mm-hmm. um i remember when we were talking when we first met you know your upbringing in korea and yeah. it's not really something you know, you look too fondly on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to know your perspective on hidden gems there growing up, and oh, like, yeah, and like things that you found serenity in. Because you know, if you're, I know what it's like growing up somewhere, and it's like, fuck, man, like this shit is whack. Like, oh yeah, and, and like if, but there's things that when I'm there, you know, it reminds me of home, and like, oh, this is the good shit out of. This like yeah, yeah. fucked up 
I haven't been uh, in Seoul for four years now, just because of coronavirus and school and everything mm-hmm. else. But I mean, live growing up there when I was there when I was real real young, it was a little tough, you Some know. And of gas. course, it was a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you definitely have a button for um, this. <laughs> gas. Oh, that's the wrong. <laughs> that's the wrong button. <laughs> 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 Sorry to God, we have. Where's a bu- the gas button? Nah, there's a big dope button. Wrong button again. I'm so sorry. I'm All fucking. Right, we could just gas. That's Big gas. dope. Big gas. But uh, yeah, it was a little tough, you know, growing mm-hmm. up there a little bit, and it's completely understandable now when I'm older, you know. Yeah. I was born in '94, so it's like when I was out there, and I don't look Korean at all because I'm yeah. mixed race, you know. It's like mixed Korean, black and white. So it's just being out there speaking Korean and stuff. People are a little kind of weirded out. They're like, "Whoa!" Like, and he's like one of us. Like, what's going on here? And I wasn't even really in the city of Seoul. I was over in Poang. And Poang is like east side of Korea, like all the way down by Pusan. So it's like kind of like countryish. Yeah. You know, so it was like I really wasn't in the city. So like maybe in the city would have been different for me, but it really wasn't like that. Yeah. So the, for the brief time I was out there, it was really kind of like sheltered, bullied, things like that. But going back when I was older and then still being in touch with my roots. Cause I still speak, I still read. I mean, I have it on my clothing line and stuff. So it's like, it's still a big piece, part, big part of me. And like, especially with the music, you know, it's like, even if when you listen to my music, I might have like a little Pierre Bourne sound, but the flows and stuff are very like kind of K-pop influential, Yeah, you know, I could kind of like with the lyric play and everything. So, um, like some Korean artists I even listened to and looked up to is like Dean, um, Zico, Jay Park. I think everybody looked up to Jay Park at one point. He's from Seattle too. Um, yeah, but those are like the really big three for me. Um, how it influenced me as a person, definitely my etiquette and how like I move around and talk or just how I treat people. It's just like I marked that my mom like beat my ass for, you know, <laughs> that instilled in me. So it's like I still have all that. But um, yeah, it's the more that's why I Mike Soul too. Because uh-huh. it's like I added that at the end, like S E O U L, to always kind of like have my root, you know. Even though I'm in music and I started off with jazz and soul music, I wanted to have that little fling, like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. this is gonna be me. So that's why I'm Mike Soul, because I had two other names prior. I was a uh, when I was a dancer, my name was Crash B, because my uh, my move was known for like some crazy real like windmill spin move thing, and you know how Crash B and the Coot used to do that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that was my thing, you know. And I used to always do sound effects when I do it. So like, all right, that's Crash B. <laughs> and then uh, before that, my name was Kid Wavy, and that was because I was an underage alcoholic. And then I was just like, yeah, I don't think this is positive. <laughs> so I changed that, and I became sober. Shout out to myself for like becoming sober when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah. that's the first self shout out here. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to me for overcoming habits. You know, come on, that's man. fire. That's life. Um, being that you're so well traveled and you've been to so many places, uh, where do you call home? I just say the U.S. because mm-hmm. it's like I was really considering on like going back to Seoul, staying out there for six months, kind of thing. But I love weed so much. And weed is such a problem in Korea right now. And I mean, it's like, I just read some neighbor articles actually this morning about how they're kind of decriminalizing CBD, which is a star, yeah. you know? So it's just like, hopefully there's like, we'll be able to do some stuff over there. There's like, even some rappers are really, really like in the weed game 
that are like really really pushing like rights over there in Korea. Like shout out to Trap Daddy Stacks, like he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like he has his own little kind of like cannabis brand out there too, where he takes the McDonald's logo and it like changes it up to like a cannabis influence thing. So it's pretty dope. That's fire. Yeah, he has some dope stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like. I love weed so much that I'm going to have to say USA yeah. on the West Coast. I'm still discovering home, and I think I'll be able to find home once the grinding stops because I'm still in, like, that hustle mode. You know, yeah. like, right now I just make my clothes, still trying to, like, stay plugged in in Seattle at the same time, stay plugged in everywhere else, and then make my music. And then I'm by myself, too, so I'm forced to network yeah. and do a whole bunch of stuff. So I think I'll be able to really, really solidify home once I'm able to like, hey, you know, this is a spot where I could actually work, enjoy myself, have some friendship, do everything, and be comfortable. Because, yeah. like, I lived out in L.A., and L.A.'s fun, but L.A. is work, man. Like, I, st- I was out there, and I stayed in Venice Beach for six, seven months, and it's like somebody's knocking on my door for work. It's like, yo, you're going to go to the studio in Beverly Hills and do this. Oh, well, let's, we have a weed play. Let's do this. Or, oh, we got a brand play. Let's do this. And it's just work, 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 work. And it's and if I don't want to do work and I just want to chill, they don't know what chilling is. It's like, <laughs> but I can't blame them because I surrounded myself with all coworkers. Yeah. So then it's like I kind of lose touch with my, like, artistic side and myself mm-hmm. because it's like I'm surrounding myself with a whole bunch of people that just want work. And that's one habit that a lot of us young artists get into is like, oh, you know, I'm so worried about getting plugged in and getting to the top and doing this, 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 that we realize our whole friend group is just work. And that could be beneficial and could be detrimental because it's like, Mm. what if something personal happens in your life? You know, like what if your mom gets sick or what if something like that happens and you kind of like losing it and they're like, hey, hey, Corey, you know, you're kind of falling off a little bit. You know, you're not working. You're like, hey, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. They're like, whoa, you need to calm down. And they're seeing a whole other side of you because they yeah. never got a chance to know you because yeah. it's all work. Yeah. So it's like I learned that about myself and I was like, all right, let me withdraw. So I withdrew, stayed away from the scene and like stopped working with the record labels and stuff and just really wanted to find myself, you know. And I took a year and a half break off Instagram and everything was on my Facebook, just stagnant, you know, mm-hmm. just really finding myself. And um after that, I came back. Now I know exactly what I want to do. I know what kind of people I want to surround myself with and how I want to work, where I want to work, and when I want to work. And I think as an artist, the best thing that we could have is just being independent and having that power to do mm-hmm. things whenever we want. You know, like if I see my account going a little low, I'm like, all right, let me drop a clothing line. And I know when I drop the clothing line, I have a specific amount of fan base that is guaranteed to buy because they're mm-hmm. real support like real support that I was able to gain by authentically meeting them or authentically going to a show and doing everything so it's like I'm really grateful for every single follower and every single supporter that I have right now because they've been helping my life you know helping me like just be independent and having me think and having me just be healthy so it's like really shout out to really everybody supporting Mike soul right now and that's why I really and really um like interactive in my stories and everything with my fans and with my supporters. Cause I really don't, I don't even don't like saying fans. They're really supporters. Cause they really help my mental health a lot. Cause mm. if it really wasn't for my fans right now and my friends and people who really invested in me and believed in me, I'll be back on the street. <laughs> you know, mm. it's like I got my first show in New York and they didn't believe it, you know? So it was funny cause I'm, I'm the headliner. So the headliner of the show is supposed to be going last. You know, that's how it always goes. And then the openers go. I sold so many tickets, right, with my code. They didn't believe it. They're like, there's no way that, like, Mike sold sold out this many people. Like, 170 people don't want to see Mike sold in New York. 
because they're flying me out from Seattle. Yeah. So like, there's no way they, they he did this because they got AK, all these other verified big people blowing up in the area going on. As soon as I went and I I went first, seventy percent of the crowd left. <laughs> Fuck. They were like, "Wait, is Mike Soul going on again?" And they're like, "Oh no, he just did his set." Oh, okay. And then they called me out like, oh, before you go into your little VIP lounge, take some photos with the fans. Took some photos, went outside, smoked a blunt, took some more photos outside with some fans. And then when we went in, it was empty. And then AK came up and brought his crew, and they were hype. Shout out to AK. AK was killing shit. They were hype. He had like 20 of him and his homies like from the area come through, watch, and then they left. It was literally empty. And I was like, wow. You know, they they were then they were verified now. So, you know, then they want me to come back next year. And then now this time they're probably gonna have me last as the headliner. But I could see why they gave me the little test run. Yeah. You know, but it's like little things like that that were confusing because I had some fans that missed the show thinking that, oh, I could come late, you know, Mike's probably gonna perform at nine. Yeah. I ended up performing at six. <laughs> you know, so it's just it was fun though. That was a real good show. And um I did like a lot of crazy dance moves and like people who see on my Instagram, I'm not like that rapper hip-hoppy chris brown kind of dancer i was really like those subway dancers light feet flex like that crazy bone break shit so it's like i really incorporate that with my style while i'm performing full energy and it's real so it's like i can't make that up i can't stage it so it's sometimes you could fuck up (laughs) you know and if you fuck up it's like damn but like when you're the energy's right for some reason when i love performing i nail every move and then my whole outfit was me you know, so I wore, like, my sequence shirt that's, like, the clubbing kind of style that glows in the dark. I wore my custom jeans. So people are like, yo, your drip's fine. I'm like, I made it, too. <laughs> so I made the drip, made the dance moves, made the choreography, made the song, made the beat, did everything was me. 100%. Damn. Fuck your shit, King. Uh... Where do you, what's your first move once the, once you're allowed to travel and the world's a little bit more comfortable opening up? Ooh, Japan, Tokyo. I want to go to Tokyo just because, like, I mean, I don't understand Japanese, speak Japanese, read Japanese, love Japanese food, though. Um, the culture is super fine. I want to take really cool photos over there. Yeah. Um, I saw Pierre made a video over there with Marco Visuals, which is the homie because he shot my music video. And um, it was crazy. And he was like, Marco is just so talented at his stuff because he shot the whole thing in like a mini mart. So the whole thing was done <laughs> in the mini mart and outside, but the whole video was just crazy. And I was like, wow, I just kind of want to just go over there and just take some photos in a mini mart, not even do a video, <laughs> just take some photos, you know, buy some like Japanese liquors. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be a cool aesthetic. And then I could put my like my Korean inspired clothing yeah. and have a shoot right in front of it. So it's like the double culture bash. <laughs> So it'll be dope. And then, obviously, after I'm done with Japan, I go back to Seoul, you know, do a quick stop, see my cousins, see my mom, see yeah. my family, you know, have some fun out there, and then just come back to the States because I love weed. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, would you uh, say you're really close to your family? Uh, Yeah, because, I mean, like one of those families, I think every Korean family has one, or just even East Asian families, you have like a Kakao Talk or – Viper or WhatsApp or one of those where you have the family convos, like the family chats. Yeah. It's just like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, it's like one of those. Yeah, I have one of those. Even on my phone, I have one where it's just like my parents are separated. So I have one where it's just me, my mom, and um, my sister, and then me, my sister, and my dad. But my dad's called the boss. You know, like, He's always been like that with me. You know, I will always have this fear against my dad because my dad's always – 
he's a big Irish guy. Freaking hands are huge, you know, so it's like he was always the boss. So, um, yeah, so I have that. So I would say I was still pretty touched. I, we were just talking to him last week. We can't get together for Thanksgiving or none of that because of COVID and everything. But I try to see my mom at least once to twice a year I can. But she's totally supporting and understandable. And, I mean, I sent her drip. Little things oh, like that. She loves it. Like she called me last week. She's like, "Oh, I got the little Gucci purse you sent." She's like, "Oh my fucking god, this shit's this shit's fire!" I'm gonna throw away my fake one. I was like, "Why'd you get a fake one? Why did she call me, mom? Like, do you know? Like, Mike Soul's your son." She's like, "Yeah, I know. I'd be telling everybody, but this fake Gucci, it looks so real. I had to get it." I was like, "Where did you go, mom?" She was like, "I went to the swap meet. I'm like, I'm just ready to go in there no more. I was like, if you want some Gucci stuff, you give me a call." <laughs> she was like, okay, okay. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I caught her slipping the other day because my aunt took a picture at a restaurant. She's like, oh, look at your mom, such and such, such, holding the fake Gucci still. <laughs> so then I texted her. I was like, why are you holding the fake Gucci when you got the new one? She's like, you see, the new one's so nice. I got to outwear the old one. <laughs> Come on. That's real still. Yeah. I ain't pulling I out the it. bag yet, you know? No, let me save this. Let me you tuck know? this. <laughs> So they still think it's real. They fake, fake Gucci doing something right. Come on. Yeah. The counterfeit <laughs> market is going crazy. They be making billions, bro. Right. Making fake. Bro, that's almost. what they try to hit Dapper Dan with. No, no, no. But he was taking real material. They're really like, we taking what we have and we making Nikes. Nigga, mm-hmm. we, there, there may be a little bit of rubber Facts. at the bottom. Facts. Your soul may not be there. Hey, they're making it so quick and so many pairs that. There's no way. Well, Nike's doing the same thing, but at least their factories, they can't, you know, that's that's them. Hell yeah. That's crazy, bro. Do you have any favorite streetwear out here so far, you know, coming Um, to the scene and everything? The only streetwear brand that I actually like out here, and I've been checking them out, like, for two months now, is actually Paradise. And I actually haven't copped one thing from, you know, I've actually really liked their stuff, look at their stuff, but, like, I don't know. I think it's just, I'm just weird. You know, it's like, I got to look at it, look at it on the site. I'm like, all right, I, I like what they're doing. Look at the pop-up shop. I'm like, all right, I like what they're doing, you know, and I'm just going to keep kind of like watching it. But now that's yeah. like, I keep seeing their stuff around the city. Like I met Corey and when I met Corey, he was in a paradise one. And I met another person in a paradise thing. I'm like, all right, I got to copy something now. You know, it's like when I was out in Boston during college, I got to watch Johnny Cupcakes grow, you know, before mm-hmm. they hit a LA and London store. So I was like, oh, a little cupcake shop. Now nah, that's whack. But how he was doing it was cool. He was actually selling cupcakes with his T-shirts. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I copped one. Three years later, like, it's all outworn and ripped because I'm dancing in and yeah. shit. Shit hit $700 on eBay. I was like, wow, what? Did research. He has a London shop. Finding out that all the pieces that he does is kind of like what I do. One limited time drop. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. So shout out to Johnny Cupcakes. He's definitely a low-key inspiration for me doing the one limited time drop. Yeah. So that, that's part of the reason why Corey can't get this hoodie. Was because the I did these I'm at the sick. drop at the same time, so mm. it's like once it's mm. sold out, it was yeah. sold out, and that's it, you know. So this Soul Smoke hoodie, I'm gonna have seventy hoodies total in all different sizes, mm. and then after that, it's gone, you know. And whoever gets those, and how I do it, I like to tease my crowd, so I always put the placement photos after I sell out. So everybody usually likes to do like you know, like oh, put up a photo with Trippy Red in your stuff before it drops, so you get those guaranteed sales, which is a great advertising. Uh. What I like to do is I like to build a demand on my name. So what I do is after I sell out, which may be two or three months, I put up photos of the celebrities. And they're like, oh, I want it. I want it. I want it. I'm like, too bad. sold out. And then I do the soul smoke, right? Soul smoke's going to come out. And I'm going to give out those free placements to the same celebrities, you know, take those photos, 
And then when it sells out, do it again. I'm like, God damn it. And I'll <laughs> such, 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 such. So then now when I finally reach that demand count where I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a pre-order. I'm going to do a pre-order in this new drop. Who wants it? Everybody. Click, 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 click. It's going to be all over there. And like I learned in school and in like business advertising and everything, it's the attraction from multiple platforms. You know, so mm. like let's say I do a, I have that demand on clothing now. I do a music drop, a clothing, a dance video, all at the same time, getting all three to hit my page at the same time. Click, 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 click. Mike Soul, Mike Soul, Mike Soul, Mike Soul. Looking for Mike Soul music, Mike Soul dance, Mike Soul fashion, all at the same time. Viral. I mean, that's the key. And if that ever happens, I just called it on this podcast. That's my method. That's all me. That's not me tapping into no agency. That's not me doing nothing. That's mm -hmm. just me dropping actual sauce that I made. So that's what I'm excited for. I like doing everything myself. Yeah. Hell you yeah. know, so it's just like when people like to question, I could put it all right there. It's just like, this is how I did it. Bam. You know, it's just like, oh, I never thought of it that way. What drives your work ethic? And just being a hustler, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I don't have that person or I don't have that mommy and daddy to call like, Hey, you know, uh, I need $300 or I I'm kicked out my house for rent. Like I, <laughs> I'm out here by myself. So it's like, I constantly have that mentality. And since I stepped out of the street life doing all that kind of hustling, I'm doing everything legally, which is like, you know, music and legal weed in Washington and Epi High and things like that in my clothing line, I have to grind twice as much, you know? So it's like, I got to do it in a different approach. It's mm -hmm. by networking. It's by being on podcasts. It's by posting on Instagram. It's by traveling to work. You got to get people to go on my Instagram and be like, wow, I want to follow Mike soul because everyone I look at Mike soul, he pays five photos. One's in Vancouver, one's in Hawaii, one's in LA, one's in Atlanta. He's making moves. Yeah, It's like, regardless if he's popping or not, He's doing something because he's making moves, literally. <laughs> like I don't know three artists that are going doing his own tour, you know? So it's like, that's the best part. It's like being that artist that could follow people around and do your own thing. That's more annoying, you know? It's just like more annoying to always be around. So it's like, yeah, it's just that ethic, and I, I know how it works, and I know a lot of the people in the game because a lot of these people, these new upcoming people, are all dancers, man. Like the Future Kings huge dancers are on my Instagram. I know them since 2016 and then when they were broke, you know, it's like things like that. Uh, Nick Frazier, the, why the fuck you lying? <laughs> him handed him his favorite trophy. He was King of jerk at my event. He was the biggest, biggest fan. One of my biggest fans of my crew came in and paid $20. You know, it was just like Leo rush, the wrestler. He was a huge fan. I have videos of him talking shit. <laughs> it's like, it's great. You know, it's like all of these people. So it's like, now that my time is coming in and I already know how like some people are upset. It's like, it was bound to happen, bro. It's like, you could go in the industry and be like, Oh, have you heard of Mike soul or Mike Casey? They're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, the dancer or yeah, the designer or yeah, the artist. And they're like, wait, you, he's a dancer. Wait, wait, what? He's wait, what? Like some people don't even know yeah. that it's like, Oh, I only know Mike as like the nine to five guy. And I was like, oh, I only know Mike as the designer. Oh, I only know Mike as the dancer. So it's like now I'm really this year, I'm trying to just channel all three together and forcing it. So that's why I'm doing a lot of shows and going around. Um, do you work with any local artists or any uh, local talents um, from Seattle? Oh, yeah. Um, my girl's in the slime. Her. Jane. Uh, yep. 
and that's really it. But I have homies. Like, yeah. I do have artist homies out here. Like, I have Jordy Mulatto who's doing his thing, you know, and it's just like, and I kind of like, I give him advice, advise him. I taught him the difference between distribution and publishing. And that's like, I realized, like, that's what I kind of really want to do is kind of like mentor and help people with as far as their pockets financially, yeah. you know, because that's what really pushes us artists to keep going. Yeah. It's like everybody's trying to get famous for the money. Let's be real. Yeah. You know, it's like it's not the blue check mark. All that's real cool. But the blue check mark broke is more embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there are ways, you know, Thanks. there are artists out here with like five to six thousand followers that are getting more money than these people with 100, 200 K followers because they don't know the difference between distribution and publishing and stuff like that. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm on distro kid. So I'm popping. I'm getting that little royalty check. It's like, man, you got one hundred and thirty nine dollars for like seventy seven thousand plays. Like if you had a publisher and you were actually really put out there and everything, they'll be collecting royalties from every streaming avenue. Like if somebody just said like. Mike Soul in his podcast, or you play my song for 30 seconds in their thing, they will strip that, get a little bit of money, like things like that. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people don't know about it. So I kind of just want to like help these young artists and educate them, but it's free because it's like, I know how labels and managers and things work and how like a lot of these, we're signing artists doing the 80, 30 percentile cuts and advancements mm-hmm. that are kind of like loans. I don't want to do all that. I kind of just want to be like, hey, you know, here are the basics publishing this is this this is this this is this you have the talent go and you know now that you know that you have the talent you have the sauce to do everything you give it a hundred percent and if you fail at your hundred percent now you know you're not meant for it Mm. you know you're not meant for it half of these people are wasting time half of these artists are out here grinding and wasting time and wasting their life because they don't have that shot you know it's like Mm. oh i've been singing and dancing for 27 years and I just want that one shot. And when they finally do it, they're like, hey, you suck. They break because it's like all they were waiting for was that one shot. They were just waiting for that chance. But now if they see 10 people with the same exact sauce and out of the 10 people, eight of them are shining, all doing the same thing. And two of them aren't. The two are going to be like, all right, you know, maybe I have a different gift. Yeah. And it gives them time to find themselves. And you're still young. You're still able to do things. It's hitting that like older age dynamic where it's like you either have to make it or you fail except that you're a failure or get a job and just stop and it's just like that's that regret and i've already seen that happen to older artists and older ogs or even people in the streets like i've some of the smartest people i've met and the most talented people i met are from the streets who gave up Mm. 100 percent. like the best rappers i ever met like the best rapper i ever met was from my hood his name was cheat codes best rapper i've ever met Stop. And then he went to the streets, the street money. Now he's locked up 15 years. Cheat Best. Yeah, Cheat Codes. That's best. A fire, since I was that's in, a I remember, name. like, and this is back when, like, out people were outside rapping in ciphers. I'm coming home from school, and we're walking, and people are right outside. Like, you'll go upstairs, and then there's a whole strip of apartments, and you can't even, like, go past them because everybody's in the middle burning up kind yeah. of thing. And they're like, yo, what's going on? They're like, oh, Cheat Codes is going against trash. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they start rapping, going to a rap cipher. And I'm small. And I'm like, on oh, my tippy toes, going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I have to go inside. But, you know, I, I can't go because I have to watch the cipher. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to watch the cipher here. It's going crazy. And then, yeah, Cheat Codes. Yeah, that was a big start. Yeah, him. Even the people that I grew up with, like Cheat Codes, St. Clair, Nuke, uh, Germs, Traj, 
like even their names, you know, yeah. these are the people that we grew up with, mm-hmm. you know, Sean, shout out to my boy Sean Crawford. Uh, yeah. And then like, yeah, it was just, it was fun. It was fun. You know, it's a different world, but you learn to appreciate it. Like you learn to appreciate poverty when you're in it, you know? And, and I mm. think that's what like makes our little, the little diamonds in the rough. That's what they call us. It. It's just like those people that could see like the positive in the poverty. Like, yeah, I remember going inside a group home or going home and opening the fridge and there's nothing in it. You know, I remember falling asleep and I'll still be hungry. But like when jerking was out, we were outside like dancing and jerking. <laughs> we didn't give a fuck, bro. Our stomach be growling like, nah, bro, I'm going to hit a double pin drop yes. right now. You yes. know, it's just like, and that really just that positive outbreak really changed everything for us. And, you know, it was just for me seeing the change within the people and the change within my friends that jerking brought and just music and dance. That's what made me never want to give up. So even though they wanted to stop because they never wanted to get famous and stuff, for me, it was like, I don't want to stop because even though I'm living in a dream, I don't want to wake up, bro. Mm. Like, I remember being 15 and I held my friend gunshot, just going outside. Like, we were outside, went to a corner store, and um, we it got I got Arizona's and stuff. He's like, yo, I'm going to meet you outside type shit. And he's eating his ruffles. He's standing outside. And his older brother was gang affiliated. So they did a drive-by and shot him, shot him up as a little brother to kind of give a message to his older brother. And that was one of my best friends. You know, so I ran outside traumatized. I went to therapy and all that shit, but that didn't even help. But it was just, man, I lost a friend just for, like, just for nothing. Because his brother was affiliated with something. You know, it was just wrong place, wrong time. And thank God I'm alive. But it's just, like, after that, I was like, nah, I have to get out. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out. And at that time, it was dance. And at that time, it was music. And I performed at, like, a sweet 16. I made, like, $300. Right after I performed, it got shot up. Mm. But that was so dope because the people who shot up the event stood there and watched me and shook my hand, allowed me to get my bread. And then when I left, they shot it up. And I was like 16. And these are some older OG guys on some gang affiliated shit. So it's like the fact that they're showing me love because I thought it was dope. Like, and they respected my hustle. I knew I could make it. And I have a story that, like, nobody else has, and it's real, you know, and it's me, and it's just all me. Like, I'm, like, a full artist. Mike's soul is just me. I don't have a persona. I don't have a fake ego. I don't have, like, oh, I have to watch what I have to say. One thing about me, I'm ignorant. I've always been that. But one thing about me is that I'm me. The only thing I could be for this crowd or for these people is me, you know, and that's the only thing. I've always wanted to be, I'll be afraid to slip up in an interview. I'll be afraid to say something wrong and just say something. Oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. But why? You know, it's me. People are going to know that when they want me in an interview, that I'm going to be authentic and say what I want to say and say what I have to say. Because just like everybody else, isn't everybody want to speak freely? You know, sometimes like people slip up and they say things because they're upset, you know, but like as long as they could acknowledge that, hey, you know, like, I'm upset right now. This is why I'm saying such, 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 such. It's acceptable. Yeah. Everybody feels. Everybody's human, you know, and that's one thing that Hollywood needs to see. And I want to bring that yeah. to Hollywood. I'm going to be like, <laughs> it's so funny now I'm saying it because it reminds me, uh, it's just like how Tupac Shakur said he wanted to be a real model, you know, and that's, that's exactly all I could be is a real model. I could just be me. You know, I can't role play something else you know i could role play something else in a film or if i'm acting but at the end of the day i'm going to be me the figure that you go see outside i'm very approachable at a event or at a show i'm very approachable and i think that's part of the reason why i'm trying to create my own little avenue in the industry because 
there aren't any figures right now that could really be super approachable because of media and hype and like just too much clout. I that that will kill me. You know, it will kill me if I have to pull up in a big body and I can't go outside and interact with my fan base. And I, that that would just be wild. I always wanted to be that person, like kind of like Keanu Reeves is in New York. <laughs> it's the train. People are like, yo, that's Keanu Reeves from Matrix. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> that, you can take a picture. You take, yeah. He walks around, does his thing. You know, that, I want to be that, you know, because I'm not going to always be in this rap thing. At the end of the day, the things that are going to be leaving my mark is my clothes. Yeah. It's like history, like people who are writing in books. It's like that's going to be leaving my mark. Some people are going to leave a mark with music, mm-hmm. but I really, genuinely don't believe that my sound specifically is going to be like, oh my god, like it's going to be evolutionary, like Michael Jackson. No, I mean it's like I know what I can do, and that's why I said I'm a real artist, real model. Some people might comment, be like, oh, you're knocking yourself down. I think you're dope. Mm-hmm. I do think I'm dope. I know I'm good at music. You know that, but. It hits differently when people say, Mike, I love your song, such and such, such, then Mike, I love your clothes, and they're wearing it. And it hits me different. You know, like, when people are walking around with my clothes on, even if they didn't buy it for me, I don't even know where it's from, it's just like, bet. I, I won. I'm, yeah. I'm the most popping person on the planet. I don't care if three <laughs> people are wearing it. I'm the most popping person on the planet because it's like, each one of these pieces is me, is heartfelt. I leave every single little thing on here. Like, even this one, it's a sad boy forever. It says, non som shigo shipo in Korean, which means I want to breathe. You know, it's like everything I s- is it's very emotional towards me at a specific mm-hmm. time. You know, this is during the sad boy forever tape when I lost the love of my life for four years, you know? So it's just like that. It says, I miss her. Underneath this says, Miyane, I'm sorry. It's a contradiction. You know, and on the back, it says, it's okay if it hurts me. And I did an illustration where it's like, you're kissing, but it's suffocating. You know, it's like everything is very me. Mm. You greedy motherfucker trying to get all these pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, greedy motherfucker. Wow, that's how you internalize that? That's ex- And I'm kind of in my hey, happy stage beautiful. right now. Hey, you know, like beautiful. I like smoking. I love that story. That anecdote was everything. Like, yep. I love this. That made that made the pieces go boom in my like, <laughs> wow, like that's just he's right <laughs> soul smoke you guys are gonna fuck with too because you guys are getting the smoking culture so soul smoke i was just telling Corey about it is going to be a collection of three hoodies and the first mm. one is a t- the tie-dye slash spray paint one the second one is going to be kind of like it's kind of exactly like this it's a champion but it's going to be a gray i mean a green a heather green and it's going to have a it's mm. going to say heather green in korean weed which is kind of, it says dog, which is in Korean, right? So it's kind of right there. And it's going to have it like a whole bunch of them like up and down with the hoodie. And it's going to be a white print. And then it's going to have one that's going to have rhinestones. Mm. And it's just going to go crazy. Because mm. like people are going to look at that, right? Especially Koreans. It's going to be like, is that say fucking dog? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> and the best part is, is like I was walking around in K-Town with my own clothing line on, right? And because I don't look Korean, I'm going to go to Boba Spot. So the Korean people are looking at my stuff, they're like, just staring at me. And I know they want to say something, but they're like, nah, what's the Spanish guy wearing? The Spanish guy's wearing some shit, so I can't say nothing. He's like, hmm. hmm. And then you have that one Korean American guy, he's like, hey, yo, bro. And I was like, yeah. He's like, your hoodie hard, bro. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you know what it says, though? 
And then all his friends start laughing, and I start speaking fluent Korean. They're like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? And I was like, yeah, I actually made this shit. They're like, you're lying. And I give them my IG, and they're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I get an instant sale right there. It's about to connect. But it's cool. It's cool. I like doing a little mind game. That's like the little mixed racial mind game that we could do, you know, because we never look like what we really look like, what we really are. So it's like I always get that, oh, are you Spanish? Or I get, like, Spanish people coming up to me speaking fluent Spanish, and I have no idea what the fuck going on. Do you on. speak fluent uh, Korean back to them? No, I do, like, when they speak Spanish, I say, like, oh, like, no hablo espanol. I could do that. Or be like, unos papas fritas. That means French fries, though, right? I mean, yeah, something like that. Like, I could say food stuff. Feel me? Like, but. <laughs> bro, start speaking uh, fluent Spanish to you. Say, bro, you got some fries on you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. On <laughs> 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 God, right? I'm here for French fries. What you talking about, guys? This oh. weed is good. That was only one blunt. Yeah. Tavar, stop blunt. talking. No, I'm zoinky. Oh, oh my God. Every yeah, see, single time. Every. Uh, <laughs> no worries. That was just one blunt. But you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Epi High. We didn't talk about Epi High. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Epi High is a real important thing, you guys. Like, Epi High is on the. Um, it's on my Instagram. If you go on Mike's Soul, you'll see it in the bio. So, what Epi High is, Epi High is a luxury smoking club. And, what, and a luxury smoking club. Well, it's eventually going to be, like, a dispensary and shit in the future. But, you know, like, I'm 26. I'm still young. I'm grinding too much right now. I don't have that time for that. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's a luxury smoking label. So, right now, I have a few uh strains that I'm making. I already sent some money to some growers I'm doing, which is, like, GG4 mixed with white rinds and, like, real flavored stuff. And in the meantime, being grown, I have a lot of friends that are sending me their kind of growing weed, or I'm already plugged in, like Lung Smacker over in L.A. by CEO Sonson and Fat Boy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I have Burner who sends me, like, a few things, like, things like that. So with all those, the Luxury Smoking Club, which is, like, where you guys and, like, other artists that I'm kind of, like, friends with who smoke weed, who like, good quality weed, I, they're part of the Epi High gang where I give them, like, the little seven-gram Epi High bags that Corey has. Corey has one of those. And then... um. I put it right in there, and then you get access to it. And then when you're smoking it, you give me a review. You know, you go to IG, like, oh, yeah, this is fire, such and such such. And then when people are going to go release it, they already kind of have a pre-sense of, like, what the teaser is going to taste like. So it's all only exotic weed, mm-hmm. you know, like real strong stuff. It's so strong to the point where it's like, I'll give you an eighth, it'll make three blunts. Like most rappers are out here like, oh, I could smoke an eighth. I'm smoking eighths in a blunt. Bro. Take an eighth of my Epi High, put it in a blunt, and I guarantee you be sleep not even halfway through. Smacked. That, oh, my that's, goodness. It's like you don't even need an eighth. It's like this This is pressure. I'd who, be putting who, two grams in a blunt. Who has the best weed in, in the States right now to you? Ooh, best weed in the States right now? From your experience. All right, it depends on what you want to aim for, because I'm going to talk like a real weed head right now. We need it. Anybody wants to be like, we put need them the fans, you know, uh, put these L7s like the, on. Organic, clean, indoor grown, white ash only weed. All right, y'all want to go organic, <laughs> clean, only grown with all that nice shit? Only. Your high is going to be so limited. But all these people really want to be getting smacked. You want to know what gets you smacked, bro? Getting you smacked is going to New York and getting that East Coast sour. Mm. The real sour that's grown with the pesticides, indoor street shit. You feel me? Like that shit is dense as hell. They're out there selling it in a .7. I, people are going to school with a .7, getting smacked. Three people off one blunt. They don't even sell .7s out here. Like, in the no. little purple baggie, all of that. I'm, I'm, telling, you, I'm telling you, 
New York Sour. You go over there. Or even in Brooklyn, they got, like, Tasty's events. My boy Hashkin Robbins is selling some fire gelati. It's just, like, it's bad for you, 100%, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm probably going to get roasted for this. But, yeah, of course it's bad for you. I mean, they have pesticides and shit that aren't necessarily good for you. But if you want to get high, like, smack, comparing the highs, you're going to go on to that shit. But now if you want to be on the organic thing out here, I'm going to have to give it to, like, House of Cultivar and Tranquil. Like, they're really killing it. You know, I love, personally, love High Tide. Mm-hmm. Like, I have High Tides. What's it called? Seven Grand Pink Runts. But, you know, High Tide has those pesticides, like mm-hmm. I was just talking about, that aren't necessarily healthy. But it's gas. You feel me? That's gas. But now, if I'm going to argue with dispensary heads, they're going to be like, man, you can't vote for High Tide because they have that pesticide. In. <laughs> like, no. Like, all right, House of Caltafar gets it. Okay, you get it. You get it for being healthy. So it's just like it's like eating a wheat thin and a cheese it. I want to cheese it, bro. <laughs> I like cheese it's not wheat thins. Come on. But I mean sometimes you gotta, you know, get you the know? wheat thin to clear up your palate. Exactly. <laughs> hummus. You know, get your hummus game strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. So Man, how about you? How about you? What's your favorite? What'd you say if you had to give a for let's restrict it for Seattle, like Seattle weed, like what's your favorite like Seattle weed like brand? Yeah, bro. Are you gonna stay on brand or are you gonna switch it up? You gotta you gotta say what you say in your rap, so <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. You know, I be blown on Mount Baker most definitely. Mount Baker. Yeah, I fuck with them. Mount Baker Farms. Uh uh That's the best though? No, uh, I, I was just talking, I wasn't I was just no, talking I was, shit. I'm really no, just talking uh, shit to him. Man. Why you do him like that? <laughs> Bro, honestly, I might have to go with Hella Loud. Lately, I've been smoking on Hella he- Loud. Yeah, I, I was been, asleep on I, them I, for a minute. I, I, I've been smoking tough on them. Is it hella They're mochi gelato, some fire. Their, uh, their lemon banana sherbet is actually my favorite. And they've been like, <laughs> not fucking with... Uh, they've been not fucking with... The- <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's how I feel because they've not fucking with the lemon sherbet, uh, banana sherbet drop. Wow. So I've been fucking with hella loud. Um, damn, this this fifty gold is some gas. I oh yeah, the, the, we had that yesterday. That Dolado, oh, yeah. the Dolado. I was just telling him the best Dolado in Seattle is definitely by Royal Tree, but mm. then again, it does have those pesticides, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy because really that good. is some gas. <laughs> Royal tree, yes. Flavor. Like uh, you smell it, it's like, ooh. ooh but you know why real. it smells like candy? Pesticide. Damn it. Damn it. That's a cold, hard game because uh, for real. I know. get roasted all the time, bro. Like I go on Instagram just trying to enjoy my day, top, <laughs> pop my shit. And I'm like, hey, you know what I'm smoking on? I'm smoking on that Ola La by Lemonade. And then I have those because I used to work at a dispensary. Mm-hmm. My old dispensary hands are like, Man, you know that really ain't good. You gotta get yourself like. <laughs> let me pop my shit, bro. <laughs> let me smoke my ola la. Come on, come, come on. on. Like, you ain't you ain't buying this. <laughs> you you ain't proofing it either. What white you, ash. What are you doing, ash. buddy? <laughs> Why are you trying to get on me about my day? <laughs> Shout out to my homie, uh, my homie Chris, over in I mean Chris Hetty over in L.A. He be smoking like the best gas, but that's because he's rich. But man, he's smoking Alien Shout Labs. Shout out to Wealth. Alien Labs 8s. You know how much they're going for right now? I heard they're about Alien. They're $108 an eighth. 
and sickening. Eight? Yeah. For three point five grand. For three point five, one hundred and eight. Mm. Sickening. And he, I mean, shout out to you. Shout out to Chris. I love you, Chris. Like your inspiration. You've never flexed on me, but this is the only time where you did it accidentally. One hundred and eight dollars and eight. I'm all you know. I'm trying. That I'm is out lovely. With, bro, I'm that is lovely. How do you bring From that up in perspective? Casual, but how do you bring that up in casual? Yeah, you know, we smoking on this alien labs. Oh yeah, bro, that's some dope. Bro, some, some I hit this homie up. I'm like, yo, I'm in town. I'm finna pull up. Let me get some. Let me get some weed off you. He's like, yeah, I got a whole bunch of AIDS. Pull up, pull up. I'm like, all right, you know, I hit the ATM, get sixty. You know, I'm in LA, I'm get sixty. I pull up, he only had Alien Labs. He was like, oh yeah, I just got a whole ounce, bro. I'm like, bet three and forty. And he was like, you know, he's a hundred and eight dollars. I was mm. like, and you got ounces of them? He's like, yeah, I bought them all. I'm like, God, I bought them all. Damn. He's like, one fifty and eighth. Man went down the street, got some boof. I did. I mean, I have the money for it, but you won't ever catch me. You won't ever catch me. That's one thing I want to say. Is like for everybody on Instagram, the drip that I wear, the all the stuff that I have. Like, yeah, I have a Prada bag right there and stuff. I ain't ever paying that. I ain't. You will never catch me pay a twelve hundred for not hell no. Yeah, like I got those off deals, modeling things, stuff like that. Promise you, nah, never. You know, like that. This Prada bag is fire, but it ain't worth no fourteen hundred. Promise you that. Fifteen, and you know, as the cycle goes on, I'm still 15K, stuck on. A, I'm still stuck on hundred and fifty dollars an eighth. That's that's what bro was trying bro. to trying to pull a hundred. So this is what we got. We got to go extinct. There got to be one plant of weed weed left, and I may pay that. Well, still, I burn your shit down. Is, I'm gonna. Hey. Like, oh my goodness! I'm gonna hit one of my boys up to get us an eighth. We just gotta try it. We have to. We gotta do the review. And then if it's trash, it. We gotta we gotta do the one hundred and eight dollars. Oh I, have never I think it. Seattle smokers are snobs. So no, we are snobs. So, but one hundred and eight dollars that shit better have me fucking Man, die. That, I better see now, can, that better get hit harder than the point seven. Breathe, breathing all fast line. <laughs> I better have a fucking panic attack. I, gotta, I, be, I, I better go lay down, bro. Bro, my anxiety better shoot through the roof. <laughs> I better start hearing Buddy talk, you know. <laughs> oh like, God! All that he shit that <laughs> I better. What you say? <laughs> I better fall asleep two times. <laughs> oh yeah, this blunt's gonna get you really stupid. In the so, middle, uh, just inhale it slowly. I put some uh, some subex. Oh, subex some got fucked the, up shit in there. I don't even know what it's called. They got the dodi though. Oh dear, resin, Ooh. rosin. Some stuff. Uh, That's one thing about me. I swear to God, I'm like. Nobody be smoking like me, bro. I don't That's think a everybody fact. be saying that, but not, no, 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 for real, nobody. This is be smoking one of those like true me, things because I have stoner friends, and Mike is probably the top. Like, and uh, it's not even hit, like just to honestly, be smoking to get high. You like, and germs could compete. That's that's an event I would love. I'm gonna to have see. to take that challenge. No, Chris. I would love Smoker Smoker Olympics. No. No, it's like I'm not even smoking no, 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 no. like where I'm smacked. Like right now from one to ten on a high. We smoked four blunts yesterday. And I and was at like a six. He was like, bro, how high are you? I was like eight. He was like, he laughed. It was like started rolling more. <laughs> eight. <laughs> I'm at like a six, maybe. Six if I'm five really point, being five point eight, right? You know, now. four point five, but we we finished. Real realistically. <laughs> Yeah, bro. That's why it's like, see, look, like this is a regular day for me. Like, I pulled up, I brought over a half. Like, that's just regular. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm a nine right now. I think, I think because I said eight, he said six. <laughs> <laughs> just like, 
Them zoinkies. Sponsor him. Every weed company in Seattle. High Tide. Epi, high Tide. Epi Pin, right? Epi High. Epi High, I'm sorry. The Epi Pin. Wait, isn't there an Epi Pin? What is that? It's that the, that's, the, for, that's for allergies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Resuscitation. Epi High. E I P P I H High. And the reason why it's called Epi High is because it's high hippie backwards. And the reason why that is is because, oh, leaking. I'm going to leak something. So I have a whole collection called NARAP. And the reason why it's called NARAP is because NARAP is Korean backwards. And it was because, mm. like, when I was younger, I had a homie that was a. Uh, he was a break dancer, and he was just like, oh, yeah, you know, my name's Nayrock, blah, 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 but I got to pass down the name because I'm no longer b-boying, so I'm going to hand it to you. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't even b-boy like that. Why are you giving me my name, Nayrock? <laughs> he was like, bro, it's backwards Korean, bro, and you're the most backwards Korean I've ever met. I was like, bye. <laughs> so then it's like, so he's out there doing his DJ thing. I have, like, Nayrock now. I put it as, like, my PS4 name, but then that one got banned because, like, I did some bad stuff on PS4 when I was younger. So then I'll just keep it like that. So then that one got banned. So now I'm Lord Ice King. I'm Lord Ice King. So you can add me on PS4, Lord Ice King. And I was oh, not gonna fire. get fire. Two back to back fire. And then names. I'm gonna put a collection for Narock for the for the Narock name. So in the future, after Soul Smoke, I'm gonna have Narock as a collection. It's gonna be fire. Ooh, I need it. Koi, Koi <laughs> he needs, needs it. it. He, have, he hasn't even seen it. I don't yet, know. He needs it. I like the name. <laughs> I like the story. It's sold. It's sold. You said we have five minutes. We have five minutes left, guys. Five minutes left. Would you like to tell anybody about any future endeavors or anything you got going on right now that you want to bring light? Oh, before uh, I'll do a a funny ass story. This happened this morning. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm lactose, so I ate pizza last night. <laughs> I knew fucking up. So I woke up this morning. I got a quick little smoke, and I was like, "Oh, I need to go down to the weed get some more weed for the show." So I'm walking down to the thing. Dispensary is a literally 10-minute walk. So I walk down 10 minutes, go in and get, like, there was a little line, get my weed, and then, like, three minutes walking up, I I knew I had a shit. So I was like, God damn. So I'm looking, and I'm like, no, nah, not right now, Mike. So I start playing my own music, start chilling. I'm like, all right, distract myself a little bit. And it's still coming. I'm like, God damn. So I look to the right, I'm going up, and there's a big-ass hill. And I'm like, am I really about to do this? So I start sprinting. So it's like I'm sprinting with all of my heart, right? But it's just like one of those dreams where it's like, you know, like you keep like going as fast as you can, you keep going farther. And it was like that. I'm like, God damn, why am I not going anywhere? I'm like, oh, it's just I'm going uphill. And I'm yelling at myself and I'm sweating. So I finally get there and my legs are numb. I finally get to my house and then I take a shit. But man, I was sweating like a cow, like like it was 150 degrees <laughs> outside and i'm in good shape so i was like god damn so i was all yelling at myself criticizing myself walking i'm like god damn it mike you might as well just settle and see i don't get a fucking car <laughs> it's like man i'm just running up thing and everybody's looking at me like i'm crazy ne- you good i ain't never had this happen to me before <laughs> man i've had plenty of those. that's why that's why i was a uh, 10 minutes late oh, so I, good. I texted Corey, I was like, yeah, i'm gonna be 10 minutes late bro while i'm running up I'm like <laughs> Hey man, you've yeah. been grooving with the South. We've we really appreciate you coming through to the KWJT, you know, PG Sound from Space. Man, we've been tapping in with Corey, Solana, Mike Soul. Come on. You dig? Sir. Come on.